All right, good morning. Welcome to Middle Tech's Friday Update. Hope everyone has had a great week so far. Uh, we've, we've just had so much going on on Twitter. If you've, uh, if you've been on Twitter over the past week around uh, SBF and FTX, uh, as well as everything going on with Elon uh, and, and a bunch of Twitter employees quitting or getting fired or uh, not being hardcore enough to stay on. So we've got some, some common threads that we've been discussing over the past few weeks that we're going to keep on discussing. Uh, but if you guys don't like to hear more about that stuff, let us know so we know not to continue talking about it. Nate and Evan here, and we'll get started. And then real quick, uh, this week in tech history, the patent for the mouse was what's up uh, was submitted. Good morning, Nate. Morning. Was the fact around a patent for the computer mouse? The computer mouse, yeah, November seventeenth, nineteen seventy. Which that seems like a pretty important patent. I'm not sure how you were using a computer without a mouse before that came along, but there wasn't a graphical user interface, right? So you'd just be clicking with the arrow keys, maybe. I guess so. That sounds like a bad way to use a computer. <laughs> Evan, we got you in a new location here. Uh, I'm in my living room. Uh oh. Nice. We got some greenery in the yeah. Stuff. A little greenery going on in my house. I've been redoing my my paint around the house and nice. do other things. We've been trying to fix it up a bit. Man, I, this just feels like a good Friday update. We got we got everyone in the comments just hyping us up right now. Best part of the week, Middle Tech for life. Vibes are great. So saying that. <laughs> Shane saying Duncan. that Liz Bowen made Nate look younger. <laughs> it's all in the hair. I got the Gen Z haircut now. Yeah, Shane, I got I to gotta find a time to get to, to Liz Bowen here soon too. Uh, anyway, let's dive into it. We've got we've got all sorts of interesting stuff to talk about around FTX, SBF, uh, the, uh, the the Bahamas apartment where they all live together, Twitter. <laughs> There's just so much. The two stories <laughs> that just won't end. They just I know. unraveling. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I was saying this last night. Like, if anybody's listening to this and they are like, "Good lord, they're talking about FTX and Twitter again," uh, let us know. But I mean, this is like arguably some of the biggest stories we've seen in tech in a long time, um, particularly FTX. This stuff is really, the, the more that comes out about it, the crazier it gets. Yeah. Uh, so let's dive into that one first, um, and then we'll, we'll get to Twitter after that. So uh, Evan and I watched a video on, on this whole FTX thing last night, and I think the thing that kind of hit me that is the most ridiculous is when I understood that FTX, so they issue like a coin that is essentially pegged to the value of that company, the majority of Almeida's research's balance sheet was made up of that coin. So they're basically yeah. taking, they're basically going and buying a ton of basically stock of this company FTX and holding it on their balance sheet. And then at the, in the meantime, uh, they're taking this, these huge loans of customer funds from FTX to go and make these risky crypto bets. So it's just like, Oh my goodness. The level of fraud that is going on here is just unreal. Um, so what we what we wanted to do for this update is kind of go over a lot that has come out over the past week uh, around FTX and what what's been going on with uh, SB SF, uh, SBF Sam Bankman Fried. Yeah. All right, Evan, kick us off by going over some of the uh, things that have come to light here recently. Let's dive yeah. into some of them. Yep. So uh, kind of a list here. So SBF took a personal loan from Alameda for one billion dollars. So that's, that's one crazy. I don't know what you do with a billion dollars. He <laughs> apparently was wanting to just give it away. Yeah. Oh, I can figure it we out. We could talk about this, uh, <laughs> affected altruism 
that was going on. You know, he was essentially funneling money from customers into these given organizations, political candidates, charities, you know, causes he thought were, you know, altruistic and just taking that money to to deploy it. To zoom in there, he, the only other person that donated more to the Democratic Party, I, I think it was during this past election cycle, was Mike Bloomberg. So, I mean, like, this dude comes out of nowhere with all this crypto money and starts immediately just dumping a ton of it into uh, different campaigns and different uh, different causes under the Democratic Party, which I think is pretty wild. Massive yeah. political donors. Yeah, there's a lot of conspiracy theories. We won't go into the conspiracy theories, but... Yeah, just I mean, the facts. There's, there's a lot of, like, information circling around about, uh, you know, money laundering and things of that nature. Um, all right, so a few other things that have come out. Um, and so all this is coming out because now all this is public information. Uh, the new CEO of FTX was the same CEO that basically figured out how to navigate Enron through their whole debacle. Um, so he's starting to reveal the level of fraud here. And they're also using customer funds to buy homes in the Bahamas, primarily the one they worked out of, as well as others for employees. Um, and then after all this happened, uh, of course, all that money disappeared. Uh, hundreds of millions and uh, billions of dollars just evaporated to somewhere. Um, it's now coming out that the Bahama, bah- Bohemian, Bahaman government. I don't Bohemian, know which one it would be. Right. Is, sure. it uh, is it like Bohemia? Bohemia. Anyway, Bohemian. go ahead. The, the government in the Bahamas now has custody <laughs> of all of the funds that FTX had. So somehow... SBF went in some kind of back door and transferred all of the funds from FTX to the to the Bahamian government. So I don't, I don't know what that means. It just means that a foreign country can no longer come in there and do anything about it. From what I understand is that now it's under custody of the government of, of Bahamas. Well, I'm sure that he transferred it to like a Bahamian bank account or something, and then it was seized by the government. I, I doubt he just was like he. The way it. I read it was his government directly to government. That's wild. Uh, <laughs> another thing that came out, this is kind of uh, tells you about the situation on the ground at FTX as far as their employees. They all lived in a house down in the Bahamas and they all were having a relationship, like one big relationship. It's called a, poly, <laughs> a polyamorous relationship. So it's essentially a brothel. So this dude sitting oh, down that's a in the Bahamas. I mean, is it? <laughs> I mean, these are all adults. Yeah, a, bro- uh, a brothel is like when you're getting paid for, yeah, for that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean. Uh, true, <laughs> true, I guess. So, <laughs> you know, it's just uh, a lot of the quotes are the children were running this company and totally under the radar because they're they're down in the Bahamas um, just living it up in this big mansion that people paid for thinking they were getting some crypto. I think uh, the if you want to hear about like how – why it was run by children. There's a bunch of threads about it that I've seen on Twitter um, that you can go read that's got screenshots from the affidavit that that new CEO has put out um, since going through all of the internal documents at FTX. And Who appointed him? Was that like the bankruptcy court that appointed I would, him? Or? Yeah, I would assume so. I don't know the actual details around like how a new CEO has to come in when a, a bankruptcy proceeding has to happen and, and liquidate everything. But um, I mean, this this dude has seen a lot. He was, he was part of Enron when all of that blew up. And some of the stuff that is in the software data is just wild. I mean, they're like no records of having employees, like the way that they 
communicated was through signal. So a lot of it was deleted, no record of the number of bank accounts that they had. Um, there was another one that was pretty wild that I saw, uh, lack of documentation for employees is I think one of the ones that I was like, Holy good Lord. And then like a shared group email account for private keys. Like that stuff is just, that, that shows you that it, it was being run by kids essentially. He said you know? that, he said that, uh, it's a level of fraud he hasn't seen before. Yeah. And he's seen like all of it. Yeah. It's uh, wild. And so some other things are coming out. Uh, related to kind of the aftermath. So a lot of celebrities now are being named in a suit. So Tom Brady, his wife, Kevin O'Leary, which there's a ton of memes about on Twitter, which is really funny. Um, David Ortiz, Steph Curry, and Shaquille O'Neal have all been sued by consumers for misleading them about a security. Mm. Um, so I don't know what's going to come out of that. I mean, I was listening to a video yesterday and it was a great, you know, they were making a great point that, you know, how stupid can these celebrities be to back a magical coin all of a sudden, a magical exchange that they know nothing about. And it's all because they're getting paid millions of dollars that they didn't do the due diligence on, you know, what were they actually shilling to consumers. And so it was kind of like, you know, the greed and, you know, the ability for, uh, celebrity just to take money for something they know absolutely nothing about to promote. I thought that was a unique perspective and, you know, something that um, I think is important for celebrities to think about their responsibility, especially if they're pushing, you know, something that's financial. Yeah. I mean, the, the fallout that's going to come from this in terms of the celebrities getting named in this lawsuit and just reputational damage more than anything, uh, not only to the people who are promoting it, but also just to the industry itself. I don't think that can be understated. I mean, we saw what it did to all the other cryptocurrencies as soon as this news came out. The whole entire market just took a, a nosedive. Um, so, I mean, just to, to kind of tie a bow on this before moving on, like this is probably one of the biggest frauds that has happened, if not in in financial history, but like for sure around crypto and around, uh, you know, I guess a, a, an exchange to be more specific. But Nate, uh, I want to give you some time to, share your thoughts on it as well what do you think yeah i just think on the on the celebrity thing i i mean i'm obviously not a lawyer but i i don't think that would go too far i mean celebrities are promoting and influencers are promoting products all the time that they're not intimately um aware of all the specific details on um i'm sure there's something in the, their contracts that would if it, it will none of this is is um what's the word i'm looking for the the usual the norm so who knows but normally there would be something in the contracts that would like indicate that the celebrity is just there to promote it doesn't really know much about the business to give them some some legal breathing room so i would assume that would be the case here but not again none of this is normal so have, have we seen any of them come out and apologize yet no i don't think so yeah that's that's not good tom Dude, brady want... might be the exception here because he like invested so much money in this and apparently was some kind of like marketing advisor or something so he might have known more that's so crazy. Yeah, I want to know the confirmed amount on how much of his net worth was invested into mm -hmm. into this. Because I, I saw numbers floating around like six hundred fifty million, but I mean that seems like such a massive number to for him and Gazelle to have been uh, Giselle, however you say her name, to be invested yeah. in it. Um, Not a good year for him with no. how he's playing and his divorce. No, dude, he's going to be playing football for the rest of his yeah. life. He lost all that. <laughs> One um, one more thing though, it's it's easy. Like hindsight is twenty twenty, of course. Oh, for sure. But I mean, looking back on this, like 
crypto is already this weird, like unregulated thing that people are hesitant about. Plus this company was in the Bahamas. Plus it's like doling out cash for all of these sponsorships and naming stadiums and whatnot. Like, I don't know how there wasn't more scrutiny on this before the run on the bank kind of situation. This is where the conspiracy theories come in because he was the largest lobbyer for crypto in DC. And so Mm -hmm. the people that would have regulated it or brought it to a class action lawsuit were being handed money by him. And so this is where like the fraud gets an even another layer Mm. of sophistication. Yeah. Yeah. Wild stuff. Uh, I'm sure we'll continue to see more come out about it. And it's, it's one of the wildest stories that I've seen in a long time. So we'll keep on updating about it as we learn more. Uh, all right. Well, now let's move on to where all of this news was circulating for the most part, and that is Twitter. Uh, Twitter's not doing so hot right now, um, according to reports that are talking about up to seventy-five uh, percent of their workforce leaving due to uh, Elon's hardcore email saying that you know uh, working at at Twitter is not for the faint of heart. Uh, if you're not about building this Twitter 2.0, if you're not about working in an extremely hardcore environment, you need to leave. Uh, it sounds like a lot of employees started leaving. Uh, so Evan, give us the rundown on what's going on over at Twitter this week. Um, well, I think that kind of encapsulates it. Uh, I think Elon, you know, came into the company and immediately wanted to change things up, build his own team, and get rid of anybody that wasn't completely bought in. I think he did it in a really aggressive, a questionable way. You know, for it to happen this quickly, I'm not sure what's going to happen. I mean. I've got some stats on how many engineers work at some of the other tech companies. Um, so it's kind of unique because Twitter from the outside looking in was grossly overstaffed. We'll see. Um, so essentially what happened was he sent an email out, like Logan said to everybody and said, Hey, unless you're you know, going to be working your ass off high intensity work, we don't want you here. So reportedly about 90% of the company didn't opt in to stay. So they're, they're leaving. Um, he's also reportedly going to, you know, top employees and performers and managers that opted to leave, trying to convince them to stay. Um, there's also reports on the contrary to that, that top engineers from the Valley are applying at very high rates uh, to Twitter. Um, you know, it's no, it's no, you know, question why somebody would want to work with Elon and um, go work for one of his companies. If you're an engineer and that's what you do, like if you're wanting like a good work life balance, and all that stuff, you know, might not be best, but if you're a hardcore engineer that wants to build great products, there's nobody better in the world to work for. And so that's kind of what's circulating on Twitter. So some of the stats. That's not what's circulating on Twitter. <laughs> like what's circulating on Twitter is all the negative stuff. Well, I've seen, I've been seeing the opposite too. So I've been seeing engineers from other companies talking about how they're seeing their employees leave um, to go to Twitter. So it's, it's interesting. And so here's some stats on how many employees, engineers, software engineers, work at some of the best well-known software and uh, social media companies. So WhatsApp has 75 employees on the software team, over a billion users, way more than triple what uh, Twitter has. Instagram has 300 to 1,000 software engineers. Uh, Reddit has 600. Tesla has 300. TikTok has 1,000. Zoom has 1,500, and Twitter had 3,000. So, you know, from the outside looking in, it's more than double overstaffed if you compare it to the comps of employees at other tech companies that are building similar products. So that, that's kind of the rundown. 
Yeah. I also heard that uh, for these, like, I think one of the more concerning things is also around security right now. Like as this huge transition is happening, I don't think it's being handled appropriately from a security standpoint of making sure that people don't still have access to systems, which is something that I'm seeing a lot of on Twitter right now is saying, okay, for these employees that are leaving, they still have access to the systems. Now, whether that actually means anything, whether they'll actually do anything with that access, I don't, I don't want to make any assumptions there, but just the fact that it's, it's just emphasized the chaos that's going on at Twitter right now with a, a mass exodus, uh, not necessarily being done in the right way. Uh, and making Twitter itself very vulnerable. So there was a lot of talk about uh, the Twitter apocalypse happening. I think it was supposed to be last night uh, where essentially <laughs> they weren't going to be able to function as a company anymore. It looks like that's kind of uh, come to pass. But, I mean, it does, seem like, it does seem like chaos over there right now. I don't think this has been very well thought through in terms of letting some of these employees go. And I think that's been pretty evident that Elon is calling up some of the senior engineers and asking them to stay. Um, on the other side of this, I, this is in typical Elon fashion. He, he's trying to ship and well, he's trying to uh, move fast and break shit. And I think that, you know, that's a typical type of startup mentality. Uh, but I don't think it's being handled in the way that it should be, to be honest. Nate, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty aligned with you there. I mean, he, Elon is, as we've said on this podcast seven times, of course, a, a smart founder and, you know, a, a great mind. I do think that because of that, he, among certain communities, he's getting a lot of credit here where maybe it's not deserved in this specific situation. The move fast and break things, the work hardcore, all of that are your classic startup mentality, 100%. Twitter's not a startup, though. Twitter's been around for 15, 16 years or something, um, has these thousands of employees, and this is just not how you turn a massive ship like that. He's just he's trying to treat it like a 50 person startup, and that's not what it is. And because of that, things are being extra are happening extremely messily. Yeah. That email he sent of like you have until end of day tomorrow to opt into hardcore lifestyle, like of course everybody's going to leave. Like what did you expect was going to happen? Everybody was just going to say like, oh we love Elon, sure tell us what to do, Master Elon. Like that that's <laughs> that's not how corporations work. Um, it's just, I think he is under a lot of financial pressure with this deal. He has a lot of debt to pay back quickly. And so he is trying to cut a lot of costs. Um, and some of that, I think, is causing him to move a little too fast here. I think, I, I believe in, in Elon, and I think he can do great things with Twitter. Um, but it doesn't seem like he's doing it correctly in these first couple of weeks. It really doesn't. I'd agree. Uh, it, yeah, I, it's hard to say if uh, getting down to the number of employees, I don't know what the exact number is right now. It looks like Evan's frozen. I'd ask him if he knew. Um, but I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see if you can actually run a company of that size with the, the number of employees that he's trying to get it down to. So yeah, we shall continue to follow it and see how it goes. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be hiccups. Like if you're cutting that percentage of people, even if you can run, the services that the company does with fewer people, but currently those jobs are spread out among others. If you're cutting most of those people, you have to expect that there's going to be issues with yeah. those processes, no matter what. Yeah, for sure. All right. Um, well, to wrap it up, we are now towards the end of the season. So we only have a few more episodes of yeah. Weekend Thoughts and the normal podcast coming out. Uh, what is coming out Saturday for Weekend Thoughts? Uh, that is a great question. Put you on the spot. I feel like Hurry, I'm, tell us. I'm, 
I'm getting worse at promoting these uh, as we go through the year. Um, is it okay. contentization? Yes, I was, just, I was just looking at that. That is a word I made up, contentization. Okay, nice. um, it's the idea that like in this world of continual online content, including stuff like this, um, that content is increasingly disposable. And how is that impacting uh, the, the traditional entertainment industry, you know, your professional movies, music, TV shows? Is that stuff becoming more disposable? And what are the second, third order impacts of that? Right. Love it. Cool. Uh, and then on Monday, we have uh, an interview coming out with the University of Kentucky's executive uh, vice president of finance and administration, Eric Monday. That's a big uh, one. That is a big one. That's one I'm really excited about. Um, we shot it here in the studio with the green screen and everything. So it should look really professionally done. Um, Did we but- get like a, a professional desk background and we did. I don't. I don't know what Jake put on it. Well, it's going to be a surprise on what on what yeah. Jake chose for the background. I told him to be creative. Um, but not only does Eric Monday have a very uh, radio type voice, he's got just a very soothing voice to listen to. Um, but they're also doing a lot of awesome stuff around a smart campus initiative and their UK Invest uh, program over at the university. So excited for everyone to listen to that. Other than that, I think that's all we got for you. So enjoy the rest of your Friday. Have a great weekend. Uh, good luck to the cats as uh, number one Georgia comes into Lexington this weekend. That ought to be pretty. Yeah. See my, ya. my hopes are high. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>